This is the Empowering Health Podcast. If you're a female living with type 1 diabetes and you care about your health, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Balog, and I specialize in helping women just like you navigate all things nutrition, exercise, sleep, and blood sugars so you can feel confident and in control in your body and your life with T1D. Let's go. Oh, hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be a bit different to all the other ones. If you've been listening since the beginning, um, I'm saying that as if I've got like a thousand episodes. I know I don't, but if you've been listening since the first few episodes, you'll notice that today's is going to be completely different to anything that I've recorded so far. It's going to be quite vulnerable. I'm going to let you in on a little bit of what's been going on in my life, um, behind the scenes, things I don't talk about on Instagram much because I really keep Instagram um, business related as much as possible. I do, you know, have a bit of fun with you guys on stories, but I try not to overdo it with the other stuff because I just get off track. Um, you know, the the algorithm starts to shift towards that, which is really annoying. So I really try to keep things business related and I would love to just let you in on a little bit of what's been going on in my life. This is also a Q&A, so it kind of feeds into the Q&A question and I thought I'd just dive a little bit deeper. And if you want to ask a question to be answered in future episodes, make sure you use the link in the show notes below, or you can go to empoweringhealth.com.au and click podcast and you will find a form to fill out and that will basically submit it to me. And then I will answer your question live in one of the future episodes. So this Q&A is by Ruthie on Instagram and she asked me, are you starting to feel better after all of the crappy things you've been through this year? Now, this is relating to last year. This was a question she asked me last year at the end of the year because 2022 was a shit show. There's the only, it's the only way I can describe it. So I'm going to be answering it based on what happened last year, but also there's still a lot of things going on right now. And I thought, why not? This is a great opportunity. Just let you in on a little bit of what's been happening this end of the world here in Adelaide, where I live. Um, So to answer this question, I'm currently sitting here with a Tulsi tea. So as you guys probably noticed, this is pretty raw. I don't really edit this podcast out. So if you can hear any noises in the background, it's because I don't really bother editing anything out. I try and obviously do it when things are quiet around here. But if you hear me drinking, I'm just drinking my Tulsi tea. If you don't know what Tulsi tea is, it is a Ayurvedic kind of tea um, that is used for a bunch of different health benefits. It's like an ancient wisdom kind of thing. Um, If you know anything about Chinese medicine or even Indian medicine, it kind of comes from that realm of things and it is used for a bunch of different reasons. I'm currently drinking it because I'm super bloated. I, I don't care if this is TMI, you guys know that I'm just like real with you and like I said this is going to be a little bit like might be TMI for a lot of people you can always just pause or just exit this podcast but if you want to know like what's really going on and just keep it real with me then stick around so I am currently having some cramps and some bloating and this happens to me pretty regularly these pretty regularly these days it's really frustrating because I used to when I was all the way up into into my early 20s I was completely pain-free easy periods easy menstrual cycle I was like that model K 
pace. Like when, you know, when like people like, oh, I don't like most people will say like periods are like terrible. Like I had like zero symptoms. The only way I knew I was on my period was because my blood sugars would be somewhat affected like on my period. And that was it. And up other than that, everything was like so easy for me. And I was always like, what's the big deal? Like, it's not a big deal. Or I, eventually I figured out I was quite lucky and quite, it's quite unusual to have like no pain or anything. But then my mid twenties hit and everything changed. And mind you, it's not just that. It's the fact that I went through a very stressful period. I went through a lot of trauma um, traumatic relationships, just life situations. And I think the stress of it all just kind of fucked with my body a lot. I also was on, um, oral contraceptives into up until my mid twenties come off of that. So there's a whole bunch of hormonal changes that have happened. And I know it's hormonal related because everything shifted, like my whole menstrual cycle changed the way that like the length of my cycle, all these things, right? So something that I deal with now regularly is, not so much period problems, but like midway through my cycle from that point onwards is awful. Like it's ovulation related, but I've also figured out that because you ovulate from a different side each month, so it's like alternated. So one month you ovulate from one side and one, the next month you ovulate from the other side. It's it's one side only that causes problems. So this is currently the month where I will have pain. The next round of my period will be a lot less painful. Not to say that it's zero pain again, but it's like so much better. So at the moment, like I said, I am, I'm getting, I'm going to have another sip. I'm sitting on the couch with my Tulsi tea and I'm trying to reduce some bloating and some cramps that I'm having. And I try and do things as naturally as possible probably use neurofin like which is like ibuprofen if you're listening from america um on my period probably the first or second day of my period when it gets really heavy and painful but i like to just not use meds honestly as much as possible i like to just stick to natural stuff so that's what i'm doing right now and i'm gonna just dive in from last year like what went on so obviously it goes without saying that the last three years have been what the fuck central like it's just been bloody mental so start off like kick off with all of the covid stuff i don't want a banner on my podcast so i'm just gonna try and just abbreviate things a little bit um it's been crazy i don't even need to spell it out you guys probably know all the stuff that's been going on right so not only is it just stressful in general but at the end of I reckon it was either 2020, I think it may be 2019. I reckon it's either end of 2019 or end of 2020. I don't even know the timeline anymore. Um, Jacob's dad got diagnosed with a geoblastoma, late stage brain tumor. So we were just living our lives. Like we thought things, I think it was 2019 because there was like nothing crazy going on yet. Um, and it was mental. Like we were at the time we were out with Chester, um, taking him for a run at the dog park. It was really dark and we got a phone call. Well, Jacob got a phone call from his mum, and he, she doesn't usually just ring for no reason. So anyway, so we picked up, luckily we did. And she was saying that her, that Jacob's dad had, um, had like what looked like a little mini 
seizure, like he just was unresponsive at the dinner table when she she was talking to him and then he like flopped over onto the table and then came back too. So long story short, we quickly helped him get to the hospital with an ambo. We followed him to the hospital after that and he was kept in for testing overnight. And basically we just said, you know, let us know if anything happens, like we'll hear from you if anything happens. And if not, then everything's probably all good. Right. So we stayed for a few hours, I think. And then we left because it was a week night and we went home and then didn't hear anything from um, Jacob's mum that night who stayed in with his dad overnight. And we thought everything's all sweet. So then I went back to everything just kind of just continued on. Um, The next day I woke up and after I think a few hours in early in the morning still, I got a phone call from Jacob in absolute tears. This guy does not cry. He's not overly outward with his emotions. I was like, I knew something was bad. Um, basically, you got the diagnosis of the brain tumor. And so from then on, like without diving into too much like of the specifics, because honestly, I can't even remember most of it, but it was like this weird time where we were kind of in this bubble so everyone knew that he had a brain tumor everyone knew that it was a late stage brain tumor we all knew what that can mean we all knew that it's fatal we all knew the severity of it and that it will get really bad at one point most likely and although we knew all of this we didn't still know what to expect because even though there's like a you know like a kind of what am I thinking of like a route or that these um, cancers take for most people it still looks different same as T1D is a little bit different for every person Um, you know the path that it takes will look different for each person so we didn't really know what to expect so what really happened was Jacob's dad and his mum kind of like went on this like spiritual journey with it. Um, he, you know, they really practiced good health, tried to improve his nutrition. He lost a ton of weight, um, both because of the nutrition aspect, but also because of the medications. Um, and so for a good few six to eight months there, he was like in better health than he'd probably ever been. So it was this really weird thing where we were, we knew what the reality was of his diagnosis, but we were looking at this guy and he was like in fantastic shape. And then long, not long after that, things started to decline like bit by bit by bit. So this is already heading into end of 2020. We're then then dealing with all of the COVID crap. Um, and like the the fact that like you had to be um, jabbed or juiced. So if you don't know what I'm referring to here, it's just like, you know, injected um, in order to be able to go to hospital and all of this ridiculous stuff that happened. So not only were we dealing with the stress of like just the fact that his dad had this brain tumor and that we will probably lose him at some point soon. We're also having to worry about how are we going to get into the hospital? How are we going to support them? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? We we're getting judged because Jacob and I didn't get juiced and the rest of the family did. And so we were dealing with all this stress and then it just ramped up from there. So end of 2020 came, everyone was getting jabbed. Um, early 2021, um, it just 
continued on, his health declined slowly, but like kind of steadily, if that makes sense. Um, we started not being able to do the regular family events that we do annually. Um, so the family kind of started like falling apart a little bit, not so much falling apart, but like we just weren't having that same kind of routine that you would normally have. And life was changing. Like the reality of the way that we were living our lives was different. And Jacob was spending more and more time with his dad over like to support him and to help care for him. So they cared for him at home. They kept him at home for the whole period as much as possible. He went into hospital in and out um, here and there, but they wanted to keep him at home and comfortable for as much as possible. And they did all the way up until he um, ended up passing away at the end of sorry, in July, I think it was last year. Um, And in that time, there was just so much agony, honestly, and trauma and watching this man who meant so much to everyone just slowly decline into nothing. It was just awful, awful to watch, awful to watch the family. It brought up all of these things in the family where like, um, you know, you, you'd noticed how certain people in the family dealt with the death or like the idea that he was going to die. Some people um, pulled away. A lot of people came closer, um, spent more time with him. Some people spent less time with him. Um, many people didn't visit for a long time. Um, and it was just like so hard to watch honestly, and to be a part of, and on top of trying to manage my own health and everything else that was going on at home, on top of that, it was just mental. So that was just that side of things, right? So we said goodbye to Jacob's dad in the middle of last year. That was, needless to say, just really difficult. Um, and the other thing that was going on at the same time as that was that literally a week before um Jacob's dad passed away. So at this point, he was on heavy medications. He was on that end of life process. And if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like putting someone down, but like a human rather than a pet. And so he's at home, he's surrounded by all these people. I couldn't be there because all the time because I was working, because I had my own stuff to look after. I had to look after the house because I was the only one home. Um, and all of a sudden, overnight, my cat Oreo, he just was not eating. He just was not interested in food, which is so unlike him. He just routinely would have his breakfast and his dinner every day. Didn't have to negotiate anything. Like he was always ready for his food. He came in in the morning. He looked not the best. He was breathing really strange and yeah, not eating. And then a few days, like I tried to contact our vet. He was not available. Um, at the time, by the time I got in with him, I booked in a, um, a spot for late that day, I think, the first day I noticed things. So Oreo's inside all day because he's resting. And then right before, like about an hour before he's supposed to have his appointment, someone knocked on the door. I opened the door and as I had the door open, Oreo decided to run out and leave the house, which is an outdoor cat's no problem. But the fact that he had an appointment coming up and he was unwell, I was like, oh, great. Now he's gone. So I couldn't get him home. So he missed that appointment. So that's a whole day gone. He wasn't looked at. He didn't eat. Then the next morning, he's still like same thing, not breathing properly, managed to get an appointment for um, 
I think 11 o'clock or something um, with another vet and take him in and they like he I take him into the vet he runs around in the room like he doesn't seem awful like he's still him his usual self he's just struggling to breathe a little bit and not eating and so I take his cat carrier in thinking you know I'll just take it I'll just leave it here like I'll take it home with Oreo like on the way back like I just had a feeling maybe he had a bad infection or something like that and go into the vet like I leave them I leave them there sorry and they said you know we'll, we'll let you know when to pick him up and I get a call about two out two to three hours after I'd left him there and no probably not even that long actually no it wasn't that long it was probably almost maybe an hour and a bit because the whole idea of it was that I hadn't left him there very long so I knew it was a bad thing that they were calling me and I picked up the phone and basically they told me that he has oh what was it I reckon it was five percent chance of survival five percent and I was like what are you talking about and they basically said that he they'd done scans on his body that he had fluid all over his body um, that this happens sometimes to young cats that they don't know what the cause is um there isn't necessarily something that caused it he couldn't breathe properly so he wasn't he wasn't comfortable um they could either number one option is to investigate things but that puts him under more stress and you you might figure out what's wrong but to be able to treat anything he's only got five percent chance to live anyway or you put him down and put him out of his misery right they were my options so not the best fucking options there's a lot of stress going on already I was like what are you talking about I could not handle the idea that I was going to lose my cat who was only six years old um not even I think he was going to turn six last year in December and I literally had to make the decision all by myself to go in and put him down that afternoon because Jacob was wasn't even home and I was like what is going on like why are we being punished like this like it felt like we were just getting one thing after the other that was just awful news and so I had to go in to put him down um that process was just awful I'm not going to even go through what that's like and losing him was just like losing him and then having to go through the process of watching Jacob lose his dad the week after it's just like so cruel you know and it's something that I realized that no one ever tells you about or talks to you about when you're young but also even if they did you would not be prepared like there's no way to be prepared for that kind of thing and like there's no way to explain or express the emotions you feel or the sadness you feel or like how how lonely or empty everything feels afterwards or anything like it's just it sucks you know and so that all of that was going on at once um and so yeah we lost him and we haven't got another cat we probably won't for a while yet um but it's just like it just sucks you know like I don't know I never I knew that we have to say goodbye to animals and to people one day, but it just never felt like it was actually a reality, like something that you'd actually have to deal with. I've never really lost anyone close to me. I've lost grandparents, but I wasn't really close to them. And this is the first time that we've lost anyone who I like see on a regular basis or like a pet or, and I've lost like childhood pets, but again, it was like different, you know? And 
yeah, so all of that was going on at the same time. Um, I was trying to keep the business afloat and I was being shadow banned on Instagram because of all the COVID stuff and also because of just like hashtags, like using accidentally using the wrong hashtags, like weight loss or like skinny or no, it wasn't even skinny. I wouldn't even use that hashtag. I'm trying to think of what hashtag it was. It was something related to weight loss or diet or something, which is like a trigger word or a red flag on Instagram because of like diet culture and all that stuff. So it's just shit um and ridiculous so I was shadow banned so I was putting in all this energy trying like with all my might with all the extra excess energy I had to try and put into my work and continue keeping my business afloat and then Instagram was just like whopping another you know problem on top of the ones I was already experiencing in my personal life and it was just getting too much so I was just not you know I started cutting back the time I was spending on Instagram and it was helpful, but at the same time, it was also like, well, this is where I, this is where I promote my business. So I wanted to stay on the platform and I did really enjoy it when it was, you know, useful and worthwhile, but like with the algorithm, what it did last year was just the worst. So all of that was going on and am I feeling better right now? You can hear that I don't really sound overly sad about it all but I am like I it's still heavy you know and I guess you know that's why they say time heals things but it doesn't really heal things it's just that you become less attached to it but in saying that like I still can't like look through photos of you know like how you do you ever think about how many photos you take and keep on your phone of all your pets and all of your like family and all this stuff like you're like oh I want to keep the memories I'm going to look back at this one day and blah 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 but like then I lost Oreo and I can't bring myself to look at any of the five million photos that I took of him over the years because it's just so sad like I don't want to be reminded of that I feel like I'd rather pretend it wasn't a reality because it just hurts too much to like know that he's gone and so it's just so funny how you like think you're going to look at all these photos it's like rather than that it's probably best to just like be in the moment And I guess that's the one thing that all of this has taught me is to like really appreciate time way more, like time with my friends, time with anyone I spend time with, be really be present. And I know that's like thrown around a lot, but honestly, like really being present in the moment rather than trying to take a photo of something that you're seeing, like just enjoy it in that moment, be the best person that you can be towards the people that you love and the people in your life and try and give everything your best energy and try and influence people in the best way possible because that is what's going to stick with people while they're alive and then when they pass on then that's it like you can only do so much and as much as that's really upsetting it's also like yeah it motivates you to like just be a better person and be more present so that's what's kind of that's what I've gotten from everything that's happened right now I'm also coming back to present reality I'm also um dealing with another death of one of my close friends who is actually an elderly woman. So I met this woman um, in when I was in uni and I was I needed a part-time job. So while I was in uni, I applied for a part-time job on a job board and um, it was for a private admin position. And so I did private admin for this lady um, in uni and I did it all the way like I still did work for her up until literally November 
and I usually would see her every few months. So I was expecting to get another phone call or a contact from her recently. And last year, um, she got her boosters for the COVID injections. Um, and well, like, I don't know how to even sugarcoat this, but basically, um, she just like many other people who have had it has got very sick as a result. So she got diagnosed with kidney cancer, um, and then they did chemo and it was like a positive look outlook. Like, you know, we got all of it, we removed all of it. So she had this like new lease on life. She's always been really healthy before that. And even after that, like everything looked like it was going to be okay. But I don't know if you've been looking around, watching the news, reading any independent, independent media. I don't know what you, what you do personally, but surely you've been seeing, or you've heard of people in your life who have had these doses whether it's just one, whether it's two, whether it's multiple of the B-O-O-S-T-E-I-S <laughs> um, and they've gotten sick or they've gotten cancer or they've gotten all these weird symptoms as a result and it is absolutely connected. There is no denying that. There is plenty of data and research to suggest that and so she's unfortunately one of those people who was affected. I know many other people in my life. I've been dreading these last few years of who is going to pop up and get unwell and I thought she was going to be okay after they cleared her of cancer but then what happened was um they she started getting symptoms again early this year in January she went in for scans they found more in her bowels which if you know anything about bowel cancer it's like one of the worst ones if they find cancer in there it's pretty bleak um and then they gave her three days to live. Three days. From someone who I saw in November last year who was independent as hell in her 70s. Like you would not know this woman was in her 70s. She was like a 70-year-old in a 50-year-old body. She did not look elderly at all. And next minute she's in a hospice. I'm getting a phone call while I'm out last week. And I'm told that it was her daughter who called me and she said she's in a hospice. She was crying and she was like, just gave her three days to live. That's it. And I just can't even, that one's just still, I honestly just feel numb. I feel numb and I know that that's not maybe a good thing. And I'm not trying to suppress my emotions, but I don't know what I feel. Like I don't know how to express what I'm feeling. I just feel like, how is this even possible? So dealing with that, I'm probably going to have to go, not have to, but like, I'll be invited to like the celebration of her life. And I just like, what the hell? Like just knowing that this shouldn't have happened is just, yeah. So all of that's going on. That's real life guys. I hope you're not dealing with any, losing anyone or anyone who's been unwell because of these jabs. It's just mortifying what has gone on. Um, and yeah, I'm also dealing with like sciatica. Um, I've been dealing with that for a long time, for a few years. So I'm going to get that looked at. I've got some physio appointments booked in, trying to get to the root cause so I can eliminate it, strengthen up some areas that are imbalanced muscle-wise and hopefully can get to the bottom of it all. So 
That is a real life look into what's been going on in my life. I hope that answers your questions. Yes, I feel a little bit better, but honestly, it's just like I've realized this is just going to be life and like just trying to just work through things bit by bit and yeah, just try and enjoy life as much as possible. And I feel like that's all you can do. And I don't know if I'm doing things right or if that's how life is supposed to be, but that's the only way I've been able to figure it out. So I hope that it has given you a bit more of an insight into like what real life is like my end over here. Like I'm just a real person. Um, and I really appreciate you guys asking questions and I hope you enjoy this episode and I will catch you very soon. So I hope you have a good day or good night, wherever you are. And See you later. Bye. If this podcast has inspired you and you're ready for change, you can apply to work with me by clicking the link in the show notes or go to empoweringhealth.com.au and click apply for coaching. If you like this episode, please leave a five-star review and share it with other T1Ds you know so I can continue to help others. You can also find me on Instagram at the T1D Nutritionist and I'll catch you in the next episode.